the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. And so Ferguson said to me that um, basically now we've just tied him up, we're going to sell him for 50 million in January. Oh, we're on. Oh, no. Hello, welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. You're joining me, publisher Andy Jackson, and editor Trevor Trahan in the broom cupboard. Hello. Where we are going to dissect last weekend's A-League action. Round 11, was it, Trevor? Yep. 11, yeah, yeah. that's right. Kicked off um, Adelaide convincing. In the end, it was convincing. It wasn't for long periods. Um, a 3-0 win at home to uh, Wellington. Wellington continuing their uh, their woes on the road. Um, took them till the 70th minute to get the breakthrough, and then when they got that, the, the, the others quickly followed. They ended up running that comfortable 3-0 winners. Goals from Van Dyke, Flores, and Travis Dodd. Trev, yep. To make this a further uh, flag in the sand from Adelaide as to their probably you know you'd probably say favourites to walk over the double at the moment. Yep, no lecky, but no problem. I mean, look at the scorers, Van Dyke, Flores and Dodd. Like, you know, three pretty strong players, guys, that you'd expect to be scoring. Um, yeah, they're, they're running away with it at the moment, aren't they? They're looking very, very difficult to beat. Um, keeping it tighter at the back than I thought they were going to at the beginning of the season with Fife and Cornthwaite. Look like they've got goals coming from a load of different players. And, yeah, they're going to be tough. Wellington... Um, I mean, they'll probably be pleased that they got that five out conceding, but then to fall apart in that manner is not great, but not actually that surprising. I was looking at how strong their, their bench was. I mean, they, they bought on Daniel and Nicky Ward, and they still had Jade North and Danny Vukovic. Yeah, on the I bench. thought that when I saw the starting line. I was uh, like, that's, that's got to be one of the strongest benches in the A League. Yeah, I wonder how long Vukovic is going to spend, you know, rotting on the Wellington bench, because, I mean, he was held as the next Socceroos keeper a few years back, um, and now he's a, a sub. For an A League club, so yeah. Well, Adelaide uh, obviously that made uh, them uh, an undefeated eleven game streak to the start of the season. So you know that's up there with uh, with any of the best teams in the world. So one seven drawn four. Um, and I Adla- think Adelaide c- up there with some of the best teams in the world. Was no, that? in terms of a, 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 you know going undefeated for your yeah. first eleven games in a season at whatever level. You know that that is a great performance. You know if we look at the Premier League, I mean, are the how many teams are undefeated in the Premier League? Well, none, I don't think now. No, yeah. since Chelsea lost to City. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I rest my case. Well, um, I think there's slightly tougher opposition in the Premier League, isn't there? I mean, yeah, you, you're, not got to go, you're not going to go away to Man City. You're playing at your level, so to go eleven games undefeated at your level. Mm. in any for- form of football I think is a good start to the season well, it's arguably more impressive isn't it because they've got the salary, salary cap so cap. they're all exactly so you, you just proved me right Trev yeah Stop I don't know I've, I wouldn't put world class in Adelaide <laughs> the same sentence too often though um, right so that kicked that off um, slightly less uh, impressive was Melbourne Hart versus <laughs> Gold Coast United Gold Coast United again with a nil-nil draw um, which is sort of strange really I mean I, I can't understand why Gold Coast aren't more Attacking and exciting mm. to watch with Miron coaching them, yeah. with players like Kalina, you know, um, Traore, Gita, Porter. You would think that they would carry a bit more of a goal threat than they seem to be. So, I mean, is it is it Miron's tactics? These strange tactics, often things like one, two, one, three. Three, well, like, you know, strange sort of narrow formations. And that he likes playing Van den Brink in midfield now. You know, yeah. and, and in that holding midfield role where he's sort of moved Thwaite and he's had Pantelides in there um, but yeah I mean it's um, it's a strange one because I, I can't believe that it's just the, the removal of Shane Smeltz that has suddenly turned them from free scoring team into a 
the nil-nil specialists of the league. Yeah, I mean, even though they seem quite drab and they can't score and you know things aren't that great. I mean, they're third in the league. Yeah, um, but they've, they've, you know, you look at the, they've scored nine goals in ten games. Yeah, third in the league, you know, but they, they they haven't lost many. They've lost one, but they've drawn six. Exactly, yeah. make yourself difficult to beat first off, True. and then you know when people settle in, then they might start scoring. But yeah, I mean, Joel Porter's been, you know, it has to be said, a pretty big disappointment overall, hasn't he? I know he's played well in that withdrawn role, but considering his goal scoring record at like the lower leagues of England compared to other players who have come over with less. You know, impressive records. But I also think, particularly this season, he's, he's clearly just getting back from from injury, mm. and he's starting to see. I think you're starting to see him come back to full fitness. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll reserve judgment on that. Um, Not great last had. season, though, was he? Either? No, no. But um, Melbourne Heart uh, again, you know, proving tough to beat. Um, Bit of a resurgence re- recently, uh, win and two draws in the last three games, uh, sort of consolidating their position in sixth at the moment. Um, interesting probably was Colosimo, left on the bench was fit. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think he'd be one of the first names in the team sheet, well certainly would have been at the beginning of the season, but um, interesting to see Van Stipp doing a bit more of a ruthless streak. Because he comes across quite affable, doesn't he? But yeah, yeah, he, yeah. it's not quite often not the case, especially with you know, certain European. And, and I suppose you know, fair enough. That they, they just won the they just won the first derby. They then went to Wellington and got a really good point. So I suppose you know, reward like, the players whoever, that have yeah, come exactly, in. Yeah. Whoever's stepped in for that period of time. Yep. Um, okay, Brisbane Raw uh, again, another big win for Brisbane Raw, mm. uh, home to Melbourne victory. Um, just the sort of games that the old Brisbane Raw would have lost at Suncorp, probably one nil to an Archie Thompson late winner. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. They uh, they went up through Mitch Nichols, um, Robbie Cruz, then equalised for Melbourne, and then uh, Giancarlo Salazano um, on the 77 minute came on as a sub, had an immediate impact. So you'd probably say again, um, big ticks all round for Ange. Yeah. I mean, it was it was, yeah. a, it was a vital game, but there was particularly a vital period of the game, and that was when they came out in the second half and Cruz scored straight away. Yeah. And then the next 20 minutes, I was thinking, well, I can see the momentum shifting here and I can see victory running away. But they did have some chances, but, you know, Brisbane held in there, made the change, and then ended up getting the points. So, yeah, they've, they've really progressed, haven't they? It's not just um, on a whim or a few new players that have come in and made an impact. Like, they, the whole setup seems a lot stronger there. Yeah, I, mean, I just like watching them. I think I just like the way they play. Mm. You know, I think it's they're probably the the closest equivalent we've got to the sort of Arsenal type. You know, in that they they go out and they play the football. Whoever they're up against, you know, they've got those small nippy midfielders. You know, Madoka and Mikhail are busy, short passing and moving, and, and it's great to watch. Yep. Uh, and Broich, I think, has been probably one of the finds of the season. There's been a few this year, haven't they, that have really imports that are Flores you know, that, that are not marquee imports but are certainly delivering on the pitch at, at marquee standards. You know, yeah. if you look at the the what Sydney got from the investment in Janino compared to what Adelaide are getting from the investment in Flores, you'd say that it's a you know, it's a marquee level return for a salary cap outlay. Yeah, you know? no, I still want to see those types of players come over. I know there's been a lot of talk of um, more young Aussies should be playing in the league, and I still think there's a fair spread of them coming through, um, but I still want to see the you know the Florida's types of players coming in. Well, I think if you look at Brisbane, that's the perfect example, isn't it? You know, yeah. You've got a lot of young Aussie lads there, you know, Luke Devere, Partaloo, those guys, um, you know, that have been complemented by one or two sort of overseas players that, that are you know, helping raise the levels around them. Um, was the final game 
Perth Glory versus Sydney FC. There was only four games last weekend because there was planned to be a game last night, which ended up being uh, called off. We'll talk about that. Um, Sydney FC talk about a much-needed victory, their first win in their 11th game as reigning double holders. Um, did you see, did we see this coming? I mean, was, you know, Perth who were on a pretty big losing streak. Was this their fifth defeat in a row or their sixth? Uh, it's a sixth, Six. sixth defeat in a row. Yeah, I mean, it it was difficult to analyse that one because I'm not sure if it might be a bit of a false dawn for Sydney, purely because how terrible Perth were and what a bad run they're on. Like, there's no denying they're in a real spot of bother, and you know, to go away to Perth, and that's always been a strong place for Perth. You know, at home, r- regardless of yeah. what sort of team and they Sydney had. Sydney especially haven't had the best of records there. I don't think I, I, I can no, remember them winning four-one there in season one when yeah. Zadkovic scored a screamer and. Dwight York sort of ran things but, but since then I, I can't remember Sydney winning there no you know, I've never had a few draws but so yeah to go, to go and pump and 3-0 and uh, yeah Bruno looked good as well didn't well, he well yeah I think he's starting to come into his own yeah. bit um, yeah, and, and they start I think they're starting to cause he's a very different type of player to Richard Ross needed, I think yeah. they're now starting to work out how to get the best out of him sure certainly uh, <laughs> the last goal was a little comical <laughs> yeah he was running slowly but he was leaving in his wake two Perth defenders who yeah. were virtually going backwards. Jamie Harwell looked like he was running in treacle. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was probably hot out there, but um, but yeah, that was quite a quite a sight to behold. A, a few a few changes in that Sydney team. I mean, after the last performance or after the performances today, I don't think anyone could really stake a claim um, for playing. I mean, Terry McFlynn stepped up and was brilliant. Yeah, McFlynn had a good game. Um, Bridge looked shot for confidence. You know. Come, you know, was dropped. Same with Sebral. I'm going to suppose Bridge was dropped because Carl was back in. But changing the goalkeeper as well, Liam Reddy dropping to the bench, who, who I don't think's had a necessarily terrible start to the season. I mean, he's not exactly had much protection, is he? No, but I do think he's he's been poor. I yeah. think you know he. You can look back at Sydney. If you look back at a lot of Sydney's goals, you can put big question marks over his positioning and his command of his area. Um, so we'll see whether that yeah, we'll see whether first of all we'll see whether Nacheski holds his place. Yeah. You'd think after the first clean sheet sheet of the season that Certainly he probably deserves game, to. Yeah. Um the other probably significant change for Sydney was was bringing back Hayden Fox at the expense of Seb Ryle, who's yeah. um and again, you know, did that work? Was that significant or was this just sort of Sydney's day and if Ryle would have played they probably would have done that? I mean was it a bit of a calmer head at the back when they needed it? Well it's not the first time these two have played at the back. No they started the season. Yeah exactly they? and they, they were really really struggling yeah. so ended up you know losing Fox because we thought it was too similar of you know two older slower players who were good in the end you need a role in beside them so yeah I, I think they need a slightly sterner test. Even though Perth got good strikers they're not exactly on form are they? And no uh no new coach syndrome for Perth. Normally, when a new coach takes over, we see a little bit of a lift. But well, they got worse, it seems. <laughs> they seem to be continuing their uh, their descent. And at this stage, would you think that Tony Sage is reconsidering the the wisdom of a two year deal or an extra season for for Fergie? Well, is he still interim coach? Because that's what they keep referring. Interim coach. Yeah, yeah. That's what they keep referring to him in you know various releases. Because he, he hasn't is got that full not cl- because he he hasn't got the full license yet. I think he's isn't he doing the second part of his A license? So I think so. Have they, they, have they changed the rules? Be on allowed that? to appoint him as an interim coach until he has got that. I'm not sure, but I think I've read somewhere that that's the case. So they've changed the rules on that because obviously he was Fury coach last season. He must have. He couldn't have gone all the way through that. Without having what he needed. Yeah, I think I think that it's yeah each year it's progressing. So you need to get A, and then a right. lot of them have now got their pro. 
Okay. Um, so the league table, as we've sort of touched on, uh, Adelaide top uh, with 25 points, Brisbane Raw second with 22 points, and a bit of a gap opening up there. Now seven points to Gold Coast and Central Coast Mariners are on 15 each. However, Gold Coast uh, Gold Coast have one game in hand, Mariners have two games in hand. So the Mariners winning those two games in hand could put them right back in the mixer. Sydney SC are still uh, still bottom, uh, a point behind the Jets who are on eight points, Sydney are on seven. But the Jets again have played two games less than Sydney FC. So the win has, uh, hasn't really papered over the cracks for Sydney and they still find themselves in a pretty perilous position. Uh, leading scorers Van Dyke's goal took him clear in the front with uh, with five just behind on four are Bruno Casarine, Chris Greenacre Paul Eiffel Robbie Cruz Matthew Leckie and David Williams uh, there was supposed to be a game last night but uh, it got cancelled um, again we've sort of seen uh, one of the uh, unfortunate byproducts of sharing your ground with other super, sports super X other events even know what that we is. saw what was it what was it last year when Sydney's pitch was ruined was it from the military tattoo that or was it, yeah. Robbie Williams concert and now we've lost an A League game because AC, of a DC, motocross we've had problems with in the past yeah um, I mean they showed footage of the actual motocross I mean I'm not that surprised I mean <laughs> let's, like dirt, let's know, just mountain. rewind this right you're a club groundsman of an amateur club yeah, yeah you've got a game next week. And a load of lads have just asked whether they can ride their motocross bikes <laughs> over it, jumping off things, coming down at a great height. You've got two options. Do you allow them to do that, <laughs> bearing in mind you've got a game, or do you say, no, that's probably going to hurt the pitch? Yeah, that's not a great okay. idea. I mean, there's talk of it maybe affecting the Beckham thing. I think it's probably too early to say. I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, imagine if it did. Imagine if Beckham didn't happen or they had to move the had Beckham move game the somewhere game. else. Yeah. Well, they have had to move the game this weekend. They're playing yeah. up in Port Macquarie because the pitch still isn't fit. So, um, so a bit of relocation for, uh, for the Jets. So at least they can get on the road and convert a few more fans. But anyway, that's it for uh, A-League Review Round 11. We'll be back in the second part to uh, discuss some of the news that's been making headlines on our website, au.442.com. 442 is five years old this month, and we're celebrating with a new section, a hot new look and a new editor. Australia's finest player, Harry Kuehl, takes over the editor's job at 442 this month with a look back at the highs and lows of his stellar career, and he delivers his controversial blueprint for the future of Australian football. Go inside Australia's bid to host the 2020 FIFA World Cup as we get exclusive access to the bid team, including Ben Buckley and Frank Lowy. We go one-on-one with French legend Robert Pires and launch a brand new performance section guaranteed to make you a better player. Honest, fifth birthday souvenir special issue on sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to look at some of the headlines from the week just gone uh, on our website, au.442.com. Um, Fox Sports announced at the weekend that Bozzer was going to take charge of the uh, of the fury for the game where Straker and um, Stuart McLaren were both suspended, which was the game that ended up, as it happened, being called off last night. Right. However, the FFA stepped in and blocked uh, Bozzer, basically... Citing the restrictions that they have on that, which, do you know what, I think is fair enough. Uh, yeah, okay, it's, it was a nice PR exercise, but I don't want it turning into a circus. Yeah. I don't think Bozza has got his coaching badges either, so if we're going to be consistent about it, 
Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't that disheartened by that decision. And I also think the Fury had got the publicity they wanted out of it anyway. And um, But as you said, ended up being uh, academic anyway because the game was called off. On that, North Queensland Fury are not happy. They're furious, in fact. <laughs> yeah, right. Because um, they were in the air when the game was cancelled, flying down from North Queensland, get off the plane and uh, find out that the game's been called off. Yeah, you're not going to be happy about that, are you? CEO, uh, Mr Cram, said, uh, this is a disgrace. Whoever's in charge at the Newcastle Knights for hiring out the stadium should be held responsible for this. And if they work for me, they wouldn't anymore. To host a motocross event less than two weeks before an A-League football match is just mind-boggling. Yeah, it's probably just about <laughs> right there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we uh, we've, we've just discussed that before the break with our views on that. Uh, one man who landed in town this week, uh, Francis Jeffers. Franny. About a blast from the past. I oh, know. He's, he's still in his twenties. No way. He's twenty nine. Twenty nine. I know. <laughs> yeah, Franny Jeffers sort of burst onto the scene at Everton and then got a move to Arsenal. Fox and in the box. Sort of stagnated and uh, had some big trouble with injuries. Uh, he's arrived to trial. He's a free agent. Got released last season, end of last season by Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so he's over here trialling for the Newcastle Jets, who are looking at him as a replacement for um, Michael Bridges, who looks like he could be spending a bit of time on the treatment table. The irony of those two sort of been over. So he's yeah he's spoken to Robbie Fowler and, and Andy Todd, and they they're both giving him a glowing endorsement, saying they're loving life out here, and uh, they think he'll fit in well. So. Um, what do we think, Chad? Yeah, um, you'd think in, in the way that Fowler and Bridges um, have done well. I mean, I think Bridges is, you know, when fit, one of the best players in the league. Um, and I think it's great that word is spreading about the advantages of coming and playing out. And if, if you get a guy, even though he's had problems in recent years, who was touted as an England international and he's still only 29, if, uh, you know, a, a reduced... Uh, you know, agenda and the amount of games he's got to play means that he gets more football over here, avoiding injuries. Then, you know, I think it's great, yeah. and I, I think he, you know he could do well. Branko's come out and, uh, and not not poured cold water on it, but I guess there's probably sort of you know just giving himself a bit of breathing space by saying that you know the deal's not done yet, um, and he's also you know looking at his side and the balance of his side and the sort of player that Jeffers is, and, and looking at it thinking that he'll probably have to rejig his attack around to accommodate him or to play in, uh, up to his strength so um, so do you think that's a fair point I think so yeah no, it's one of those things that because it's a name you know and because of where he's come from everyone just assumes well you have to sign him Why, you'd be mad not to sign him yeah. obviously Branko's working with him now so yep. he's getting an idea of, of what kind of level he's at and what his fitness is and how he's going to fit in so if he does make that decision and you know, he is a good coach Branko if he does make the decision not to take him on I don't think people should get on Branko's back because it's probably the right one yeah um, you'd also want to um, you know you'd also probably want to have an extended look at him from a fitness perspective and to give him a week get off the plane you know do the necessary medical checks but then yep. also see how he performs whether he's still got that pace whether he's still got those reactions so um, so yeah I, I think fair play to Branko for, uh, for taking his time on that but if, if he's fit um, and he's you know, still hungry to do it, then he'd certainly be a, a, a welcome addition. I'd forgotten about that, that he was the... Uh, Jeff has got the England goal in the 3-1 Australia game. No, well, there's, so, a, there's a trivia question. Yeah, I wouldn't I'd, have got that. Yeah. Because that was the game when um, Sven changed the whole, whole side. Team. And that was Rooney's time. debut as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more news coming out of the Newcastle Jets, uh, apart from the motocross debacle, was... Uh, They've appointed two former Socceroos and an all-whites coach as uh, on-field staff to support Branko and his squad. They are David Lowe, Marshall Soper and Clint Gosling. 
Uh, David Lowe will take up the position of head scout. Marshall Soper will be a part-time specialist skills coach. And Clint Gosling will be a full-time goalkeeping coach. So, again, uh, the Jets are investing further in um, in their backroom team and quality there and pedigree there. So, again, another tick for Mr Tinkler. Yeah, good Not news. Not a lot wrong, really, at the moment, is Not he? at the moment, no. So, obviously... Um, was it this week the game that's moved this weekend was that supposed to be the 10,000 free game I think it was possibly yeah yeah. I'm, I'm sure whether he t- extends that yeah um, one person from the backroom team that is uh, is stepping down and it's announced this week was Jeff Miles uh, who has been Melbourne Victory's uh, CEO for the whole five seasons um, you know big loss I think for them I, I, I'm not sure. He doesn't really give uh, any reason, any real reasons as to why he's leaving. No, I mean um, these comments could have been from anyone leaving the job, couldn't they? Really, and pursuing other interests and you know. Yeah, you know, it's like that, that sort of bland. You know, I, I don't, I don't get the feeling that there's been a falling out there, and I don't get the feeling that he's he's sort of leaving under any sort of form of duress. So maybe no. it's just uh, we've seen it with Tony Pinato who left Wellington to move back to Melbourne. You know, obviously working away that far away from home. Uh, put a strain on things but certainly you'd say that of all the clubs in the A-League Melbourne Victory have probably been the mm. best run club over a period of time the most consistent they've still got the same coach they've yep. still got the, you know, Gary Cole is still there um, the backroom team the support team has been consistent and that, that's translated to the best most consistent performances yeah. on the pitch I mean, Gary Van Egmond in his uh, magazine column this month when we were talking about you know the Rooney thing and, and how to keep players happy said that Melbourne Victory are almost the blueprint for that in the A-League is that if you create the right sort of football culture and environment for players to come to, like they'll stay. You're better to attract players and you're better to retain them. So, you know, he probably play a part in that all the thought. Yeah, so key recruitment that for Melbourne, who they, whoever they get next. Yeah. Uh, who's going to come in to, to continue the work that, um, that Jeff done. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie Coyne has insisted that there's not time to hit the panic button yet, despite their sixth straight loss to Sydney SC. Um, he said that they had an extensive video review session. Oh, that would have been nice. Been a <laughs> Imagine that getting pulled in the following day. It's like going over a right, feature and going, really oh, this was terrible. With a load of spelling mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Just made to read the same sentence oh. over and over again. Um, so, I mean, do we... I mean, six games on the bounce would be panic. I'd be panicking. I, a I bit. disagree. Panic. <laughs> I think that's exactly what they right, should the be doing. Out of the pram. Yeah. Uh, new borough boss uh, Tony Mowbray. We talked last week about Gordon Strachan, who left. Um, Tony Mowbray has been appointed. Uh, he was mo- most recently manager at West Brom, and uh, got a fair degree of plaudits at West Brom for the football that he played. And then he went to Celtic. Um, Which I thought was a strange appointment. Yeah, they're sort of following Strachan a little bit, isn't he? Celtic to Middlesbrough. So, um, so yeah, he's uh, said he's got no problem working with uh, Scott McDonald, um, despite wanting to sell them when he was in charge of Celtic. So that's always the uh, managerial merry-go-round when uh, your path cross again. So, <laughs> um, he, he certainly endorses a, a style of football that um, is good to watch. Um, if he can reconstruct that in the sort of long ball tough tackling championship at times will be yeah. remain to be seen but you know he obviously got West Brom up didn't he um, and even though they, they went straight back down playing that style um, it might be good you know selfishly looking at it from a soccerist point of view to see Scott McDonald playing in a system like that especially if Holger wants to aim for it as well yeah well he inherits uh, Middlesbrough bottom of the league um, 20th in the table which is their lowest league position for 20 years sorry they're third uh, from bottom 2014 what, what next for Strachan though because you know that's a real blotch on his um, 
He said you'd feel he'd have to get another job somewhere else because he's got a lot of experience. But you'd but probably look at him. You'd probably think, has he got enough money to not work again if he doesn't want to? Yeah, I mean, how much money do you need? I mean, he's almost certainly got a few million in the bank, you know, and you'd probably think, has he had enough? You know, was this the really? last sort of job for him? And you'd think, I suppose, at you know, what point do you, do you lose your hunger for it? But uh, certainly Tony Mowbray is going to be a driven coach there. He's from the area. He's a local lad. Uh, so that would always be a lift taking charge of your hometown team. Yep. So he's, he's got his work cut out there. That's all for part two. Uh, that's some of the headlines from our uh, website, au.442.com. Come back in section three, and we're going to cast our gaze slightly further afield and wrap up what's going on in the English Premier League and put the Wayne Rooney saga to bed. Yep. Or will we? Join us after the break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to head over to the English Premier League now and have a quick uh, wrap-up of what's going on over there. Uh, 24 hours, long time in football. Last week's podcast, would we have seen Wayne Rooney signing a five-year contract has been the outcome of that situation last week? No, exactly, yeah. Especially annoying when I'd done a mention to him about leaving in the magazine and sent it. And now, <laughs> now there's not a lot I could do about that. Um no, it is a, a very strange, a very rapid turnaround as well. That you said, think it though, might drag on for yeah, a bit. Yeah, mate, that said, this isn't the end of this. No. I, all I think that this has done is made sure that man, if he leaves, Man United will get a Ronaldo-type fee for him. That's the Because he was about to go theory. into that final year. So all that they've done here is, made, is preserve the fact that they will get you know, a world-class fee for him, you know, a 40, 50 million plus. Um, but why it's would no he agree guarantee to that? that he's not going to leave in January. Yeah. just means it'll cost the, the buying club more money to get him. I don't and know. We, and when you're talking about the buying club being Man City or Real Madrid, that are the only two that can afford a player like that, mm. then 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, they've proved that they're willing to pay that. I don't know. Why would he agree to that, though? Wouldn't he think, well, no, I have a short-term contract, so I can negotiate a bigger contract to my next club if he's definitely going to leave. But he's also got a big contract right now. He's also doubled his money probably got a big signing on fee up front of part of that hmm. and then he probably thinks well I'll just do that and then come January I'll, it might all happen again yeah but I mean if he'd stayed on his current payday for the agent if he'd stayed on his current contract until January you know that's not that long and then he can get an even bigger bumper one for a longer term yeah but then you know he could break his leg in December you know it does safeguard him it is that extra level of security that if something did happen you know He's got a five-year contract mm. worth 200 grand a week. I, I think he's staying. Really? Yeah, I do think he's staying. I, I, I don't, well, certainly till the end of the season, I don't think he'll go in. I mean, the other scenario is that the reaction in Manchester with the balaclava wielding <sighs> mob outside his house and the and the, uh, the graffiti that went up around Manchester, the, that's the other scenario, is he absolutely shits himself. Yeah. It's not worth it. I'm already going to earn a million million pounds a month if I stay here so. the latest thing I read on the sun this morning was saying that he he, he never wanted to leave that like it was he, what it was just all brinkmanship and well yeah I mean, let's let me just reveal the source on this story from the sun it was a Man U fan that spoke to him in the hotel in Dubai so really 
classic classic sun source um but yeah, I, I think he'll he'll certainly stay to to the end of the season. I think the disappointment is that it was such like exciting news that now he sort of signed. It's a bit of an anticlimax, and people are like, "Oh, is there any conspiracy theories?" Well, also, you know, from from his perspective, now he has you know pledged at least a short term future to Man United. He's got to start performing. Yeah, because he's just doubled his money. He's just probably tested a lot of fans' patience, mm. uh, and the the fact of the matter is, that he has been a massive disappointment. Um, for the last six months, really, you know, mm-hmm. since he sort of picked up that ankle injury uh, against Bayern Munich. Um, but anyway, we were just talking off air. We were talking in the earlier segment about whether there were any undefeated teams in the Premier League mm. uh, to rival Adelaide's undefeated start, and we, we didn't think there were. But looking at the table, there actually is, and it's Man United. Would you pick that? No, definitely not. Um, they've drawn a lot of games. They've drawn five games out of the nine, and they've drawn on the road. They've won one, drawn four, lost naught out of their five games. So, um, so yeah, so Man United are undefeated, which you wouldn't have picked. Um, Chelsea, 22 points, five points clear already. Ominous for everyone else. Yeah, they've got you know reasonable strength in depth as well, haven't they? And they seem to be flying, and they've got experienced players that aren't necessarily going to sort of plummet in form like a young player would they are going to be very very tough to stop um, you know that said that they went away to City and lost and that was sort of their first you know real major test um, they beat Arsenal but then again um, they always beat Arsenal um, no I, I, st- I still think that there's a bit of value in the title race I don't think you know still early days and man you haven't really hit their straps yet like they do in that sort of period after Christmas leading into Easter so no it's, it's not dead and buried yet yeah um, Arsenal, big win for Arsenal. Why at Man City? Um, you know, you probably you probably would have said that if Arsenal are going to put forward their credentials to challenge Chelsea, yeah. these are the sorts of games that they had to start winning against the other sort of big four or five around them. And uh, obviously they were helped by an early sending off, um, but then they took full advantage and ran out comfortable winners three nil. So yeah. well, I mean, where, where do you think Trevor, that leaves? both of these teams well what was interesting about that game is that even when Man City lost a player and I was thinking what Mancini will do here he'll just you know put up a wall classic Italian try and get a point out of a bad situation I think he actually still felt the game was there to be won and that was probably their mistake he probably underestimated Arsenal a little bit and they they took advantage but even though it's impossible to call I think it was a game that Arsenal would have won anyway 11 versus 11 where does it leave them well in a decent position in the league City will kind of write this one off as a bad day in the office where they lost the man and you know they yeah. went on to lose against a good Arsenal team so they're both well poised to, to chase Arsenal I mean, you look Sorry, at the chase stats Chelsea. though you know where Man City need to sort themselves out is in scoring goals yeah it's, you know, you look at Tevez the top, needs help look really. at the top four uh, Chelsea played nine goals for 25 Arsenal played nine goals for 21 Man United played nine goals for twenty, and Man City played nine goals for twelve. That is a big difference. Yeah, you know, and that's really where they need to. Yeah, given the firepower they've got there as well, I think Man City really needs to uh, to get them firing up front. Uh, Liverpool, big win for Liverpool. Although they remain in the in the relegation zone on goal difference, but um, God, that's a strange sentence. Big win for Liverpool beating Blackburn. And then getting out of the relegation. Well, they beat them two well, one. Although they scored all three goals because Carragher, Carragher and Dunn. I know. Did the you two, see that stat? The two most, are they equal now? Nine is it? It's yeah, it's seven or eight. It's something like that. Yeah, they love an own goal. Because I'm sure there's a trivia question that Jay, that the trivia question is so like, 
It's either the, the the most or the second most goals. Which Premier League player has scored the second most goals against Liverpool? Yeah, it, it, who holds the record for scoring the most or the second most Premier League goals against Liverpool? And it's Jamie Carragher. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be Alan Shearer might be number one, yeah, and then it's Jamie Carragher. Um, so, but a big win for them. You know, a big win for them. Big win for Hodgson. New owners. Torres. You know, it's starting to look like he's coming back to form. Scores the winner. You know, when they could have had a wobble. You know, that Kiriakos opened the score and Carragher's goal came quickly after. And then, but then they quickly went down the other end. Um, do we see them now sort of putting a, a string of results together, or well, is this a, go, or is it sort of you know there's still the the problems that they've had? No, the problems are still there. They've got to go away to Bolton this weekend, and then they've got a home to Chelsea after that. Um, probably equally horrible games because I don't fancy going to Bolton when I'm struggling, um, and I, I think they'll they'll have some problems there as well. So no, it, it, they're not out of the woods. Yeah, it's a bit like the Sydney thing. Just you know, one win while it while it's good, um, it's about backing up really. Yeah, your boys ain't rock bottom. Yep, we look a little West bit Ham doomed. Beat at home to Newcastle two one. Yeah, second half we were just absolutely abysmal and, and deserved to lose the game um, against the. Uh, a Newcastle side that's got a couple of decent players but other than that we really need to be picking up points yeah we're, we're looking like it's going to be a, a real real struggle to get results this season and we go away to Arsenal this weekend so that'll be nice interesting to see Kevin Nolan and Andy Carroll the scorers for Newcastle I'll give them something to talk about at home over dinner <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, this weekend you doesn't get any easier for your lot mate away at Arsenal nope uh, Blackburn at home to Chelsea could be a tough trip for them Everton at home to Stoke, Fulham at home to Wigan, Wolves entertain Man City, Tottenham go to Man United in what you'd probably say is the second biggest game of the weekend. Oh. The first biggest, <laughs> the biggest game of the weekend is without doubt the second City derby, Aston Villa versus Birmingham. Always a midday kickoff on a Sunday to make it don't as let the hard brum- as possible to get, get a beer. Yeah, don't let the Brummies get drunk. <laughs> 10 p.m. kickoff here. I will be set for that. It's yeah. actually a bit. I love it. There's Newcastle Sunderland as well. So there's two big derbies that will kick off on on a Sunday lunchtime yeah. for exactly the same reasons. They've got a re- so you've got a reasonable record against them. New in recent Mate, years. I, we had, I think we have won the last six. We we had an awful record off uh, when they first came up. And, yeah. Uh, but now we sort of turn that around. But that's a that is a massive game. And, and the, the the danger is that the big difference between the sides. In, in the last few seasons has been Agbonlahor yeah who is always just always as a local lad as well just always pops up with a with a late winner um, but he's not been figuring very much struggling with injuries so that could be a big loss it's only uh, a point in it in the table as well so yeah massive game and um, Bolton Liverpool rounds off this weekend so down the bottom is still Liverpool uh, on nine points Wolves with six points West Ham Wolves are probably yeah, you'd probably say Wolves' play this season um, has probably deserved to, a little better than that. Um, mm. They certainly uh, gave it a good go at Chelsea last week. Blackpool, after promising start, 14, 10 points. Uh, you know, there's a cluster of teams there, you know, on 11 and 10 points. Newcastle, Villa, Everton, Everton turning things around pretty quickly after uh, their traditional poor start. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll know probably by Christmas a bit more about where the challenges say, but I've got to be honest, I just don't see anyone challenging Chelsea. I just think they've got too much. Yeah, They're I mean, I hope strong. I hope that doesn't happen. I'd, I'd like to see him slip up a couple of times so it's, it's a little bit more level. I mean, there are three, you know, good sides. I mean, they're five points ahead, but 
Arsenal, Man U and City are all on 17 behind them and if they can bridge that gap it'll just make it a lot more interesting for all of us OK well that's our uh, quick look at the Premier League up the villa and uh, we'll be back after this break to preview what's coming up locally in the A-League this weekend so join us after the break 442 is five years old this month and we're celebrating with a new section a hot new look and a new editor Australia's finest player Harry Kuehl takes over the editor's job at 442 this month with a look back at the highs and lows of his stellar career and he delivers his controversial blueprint for the future of Australian football go inside Australia's bid to host the 2022 FIFA World Cup as we get exclusive access to the bid team including Ben Buckley and Frank Lowy we go one on one with French legend Robert Pires and launch a brand new performance section guaranteed to make you a better player. Honest, fifth birthday souvenir special issue on sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're coming back from the English Premier League now to look uh, closer to home and preview this weekend's A-League fixtures, which kick off on Friday Oof. at Etihad Stadium Huge. massive game massive game uh, Adelaide looking to continue their unbeaten streak go into their arch nemesis uh, Melbourne victory so this who have won the, the last nine consecutive games against Adelaide yeah. this is a big test of Adelaide's credentials if they mentally as well as sort of physically if they can go there and win on victory soil uh now that would be a massive step forward for them, do you think? Yep. Dual win is a bit of an understatement. I mean, last season you just felt like Adelaide were never going to beat Melbourne again, but they've never looked better Adelaide than this season. Um, well, so far anyway. Uh, I think Melbourne are going to win again. Really? <laughs> I think I've got a funny feeling they've got a bit of an edge and they'll be at home and they'll be out for it. And yeah, I, I'm going to back victory to make Adelaide's first defeat of the season and victory's 10th in a row against them. Um, well, Sporting Bet have it, would probably agree with you, Trev. Sporting Bet have uh, Melbourne victory slight favourites, $2.45. Adelaide, $2.75. The draw is three thirty. So they, they'd agree with you there that victory are slight favourites. Uh, Saturday. Who are you going for in victory, um, Adelaide? I want to go for a draw. Right. I think they'll nick a draw. Um, which they'll take that. Well, take <laughs> that. Stay definitely, the, stop they'll the take that. Uh, second game of the week is Sydney Football Stadium. That's a double header at the SFS because I think the um, Blue Tongue Stadium pitch is being relayed. So it's uh, it's a double header. Five fifteen kickoff is Sydney SC versus Brisbane Raw. Yep. Seven thirty kickoff is Central Coast Mariners versus Perth Glory. Interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. After you know, not many people came to the double headers of the festival of football. Yeah, um, I know the weather was. Well, I'm sure you can terrible, probably set yeah. your set your clock by the fact that there will be torrential rain and thunderstorms on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> that will come in. The, the morning will be beautiful. Around two o'clock, it'll start clouding over. Yeah. Uh, big game for Sydney SC. Massive game. First win last week. Back on home soil, playing one of the two most informed teams. Uh, that play great football um, how do you see it going do you think that Sydney will keep the same back line because but they have to yeah because I remember in the first game that, that this was one of the games where Fox and Keller looked particularly cumbersome against the sort of quick intricate combinations of Brisbane yeah I can't see Sydney win, winning this um, they could squeeze out a draw but I'm going I'm to back Brisbane I just think that the calibre of football they're playing is the type of thing that Sydney aren't going to be able to defend against and they'll get steamrolled. 
Well, Sporting Bet can't pick it. It's toss a coin time because they've got Sydney $2.60 and Brisbane $2.60 and the draw is $3.25. So mm. uh, they're saying it's too close to call. So you would probably say that that would make Brisbane, you know, Brisbane the value bet there. You'd say at $2.60 to win. There's always a tightening on the price for the home team. That you know, always comes in on home advantage. But in terms of how they're playing, yeah, I think you'd have to back Brisbane. Alex Brosk uh, is one goal away from being the league's third highest goal scorer. He's currently fourth on 35 goals. Archie Thompson is top with 49. Shane Smeltz is second with 42. And Danny Olsop is third with 36. So Alex Brosk can equal um, Danny Olsop. The Mariners versus Glory. Uh, Mariners need to get to action. Obviously, they, uh, they lost their game midweek. Which was cancelled, so they'll be. Uh, they've had a bit of a stutter, haven't they, the Mariners? Because they they had a week off and they struggled when they came back from that. They've now missed another week, um, so they they just want to get playing their, their games. Uh, Jamie Harmwell's going to be making his hundredth A League appearance for Perth. It looked like that last week as well, didn't it? It looked like he was a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> so he's played that many in a row. How do we see this going? Uh, I think the Mariners will will do what they've done very well this season. Uh, is grind out result. They've had a little break. Um, I think hopeful Perez is going to play um, get him on the on the pitch they normally do well in that stadium as Sydney fans will know so yeah I'll, I'll go a home win if you can call it that yeah uh, bookies would agree with you mate Sporting Bet have got Central Coast strong favourites at $1.95 per $3.75 the draw $3.40 uh, I think I agree with you there I can't see anything other than a Central Coast result uh, North Queensland versus Gold Coast Uh Dairy Farmers Stadium Sunday Gold Coast haven't lost any of their previous seven matches so they're looking to create their new longest undefeated streak record of eight games mm, yeah um, do it? I think they will yeah um, I'd imagine a draw um, depends if Gold Coast can get an early goal and then that might be enough for them to sort of grind out but I'll go for a draw in that one well, Fury uh, you know still under this cloud of will they won't they be around next season yeah you know, they're, they're yeah, the, the, the press up there is conducting a, a fairly strong sort of campaign yeah. and there's a front cover of the Townsville Bulletin with Ben Buckley on the front cover with Public Enemy Number One you know it's like, so I think that's great though it's good that they care enough you know yeah. to do this yeah, we'd be more concerned if they were just happy to see things fizzle out so they, you know, they have got a small but very committed fan base up there and I think that um, they, they deserve to be continued yeah, they're, sure. they're bringing in some good sponsorship dollars so I, I think there's a definite future up there um, um, Newcastle Jets versus Melbourne Heart this is the game that has been moved away from Energy Australia Stadium because of the pitch so it's going to be played in Port Macquarie so that'll be a, an A-League debut up there uh, Simon Colosimo is set to make his 200th Australian National League appearance with, which has been made up of stints with Carlton South Melbourne Perth Glory Parramatta Power Sydney FC and Melbourne Heart if he plays if he, <laughs> if plays, he gets a chance if he to play on. Yeah, um, I could see that one being a, another draw. I think the, the Jets are still a, a way off. And Jets have, again have missed the week because of the cancellation. Uh, Hart, you know, put three good results together. Um, do you think they can go there and win? Uh, yeah, they, they they can. I don't think there'll be a lot in it. One goal, I'd imagine, but I'd still stick with the draw. Picking the draw, I think. Um, Boring. I want to go with Melbourne Hart to win. Mm. I think they'll go there and nick it. Probably be odd goal in it. So maybe two one. Right. Um, so, do we see much changing by the end of this week? Do you want a quirky fact? Go on. A quirky A-League a- fact. Um, the top four teams on the A-League ladder are listed in alphabetical order, and that's the first time it's ever happened in the history 
of Australian National I League. Just read the last football. page. Football. Yeah. So yeah, Adelaide, Brisbane, Central Coast Mariners, and Gold Coast. And even when the top three when it was Adelaide, Brisbane, Central Coast, that was a, a record if you want to call it that. And now spooky. Gold Coast the fourth. I oh, know. That's spooky. Um, birthdays this week. Let's just give a shout out to the birthday boys. <laughs> Kaz Patafta. A new feature. Kaz Patafta. Two things to this odd about this is he's only 22 still, mm. and he's still at the Newcastle Jets. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, Christian Sarkis uh, turned 24. Another guy that's not figured for Melbourne Heart yet. Um, Lavino Haliti turned 26 and will be celebrating by running through Newcastle, ripping his shirt off. Uh, Daniel <laughs> Mullen turned 21, celebrated with a new two-year deal for, Adela- for Adelaide and then got injured. Um, Troy Herefield uh, turns 23 for Wellington Phoenix. So uh, happy birthday to all of you guys if you're listening. That's it for this week, Trev. Yep. Always a pleasure, yep. never a chore. <laughs> Enjoy the A-League this weekend. Get out and support your team, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the 442 Insider Podcast. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions promotion. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.